Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Three Innings Save podcast. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Eric Steven, and with me today is Jacob Birch. Uh, we have a Dodgers Rewind for you today. Brian Salvatore is producing, as always. Um, we're taking a look at Frenchie Bordegaray, uh, which, even if he barely did anything in his career, the name alone is worth a Dodgers Rewind. So, But I will tell you this, there's much more to this man. Um, we'll get to it. Uh, he was an outfielder and a third baseman, played for Brooklyn in the 30s and 40s, two different stints. I uh, wanted to pick a Dodger from like the World War II era. That's how I sort of landed on him. There were like so many like you know unknown players and characters, but he was obviously a little bit before that too. But the main reason I wanted to do Bordegray today is uh, courtesy of the Baseball Reference bullpen wiki. So if you're on a player page on Baseball Reference, and I believe it's under the other tab, and you go to bullpen wiki, and it's essentially like. Um, not quite a, like a replication of the Wikipedia page for that player, but it kind of is that style, and it just has other you know fun facts about that player. But this is what the, what it said about Frenchie Bordegray. Quote, he showed up at spring training with a mustache, something not permitted in those clean-shaven days. The first player to have a mustache since Wally Shank in 1914. It would be 36 years before Reggie Jackson was the second player to break that rule. So there was like no mustaches in baseball for uh, almost 60 years except for Frenchie Bordegray. <laughs> um, Branch Rickey once said Bordegray is, quote, either the poorest great third baseman or the greatest poor third baseman, which one of the best quotes I've ever seen. Uh, that was courtesy of Bordegray's Saber bio written by Norm King. Uh, so right off the bat, we're, we're coming in hot with Frenchie Bordegray stuff, but I wanted to tell you, Jacob, um, uh, Bordegray played in two World Series, uh, mm-hmm. neither with the Dodgers. The 1939 Reds lost to the Yankees, and then the 1941 Yankees beat the Dodgers. Uh, Bordegray played in three total games, all as a pinch runner, but he never batted. He's one of 86 non-pitchers in Major League history to play in the World Series without batting. Only four players appeared in more than three games in the World Series without ever batting once. How many can you name? Off, off the bat, what do you think? What you no, thinking? it's zero. Here, there is that, yeah. that the question? How many can I name is zero? <laughs> you, you pass. <laughs> Correct. I, I, I actually don't, I don't have the answers open yet, but just remembering this from when I wrote these notes, uh, there's – Almost no way I would have gotten them. So like, but uh, yeah. yeah anyway, but, excited to hear the answer. Uh, uh, yeah, it's more of a like a fun fact than uh-huh. a, than, a, than an actual answerable trivia question. Uh, okay, so back to our guy. Uh, Stanley George Bordegray was born in Coalinga, a town in Fresno County in California. He played college ball at Fresno State. Um, 
He played four years for Sacramento in the Pacific Coast League. This was back when the Miners were independent and sort of a, a thriving, uh, competing league is a strong term, but like they were they were going strong. But players, you know, would just kind of stay there and play for a while. But Bordegray hit 335 in those four years in the PCL. That included 351 in 1933 with a career-high seven home runs. That's reasonably important to some of his story. Um Sacramento sold Bordegaray to the White Sox in 1934, uh, but with Chicago, he only played 29 games before getting sent back to the PCL. Uh, the Dodgers got Bordegaray the day after Christmas in 1934. They traded Johnny Frederick, uh, whose franchise record uh, of 52 doubles was smashed in 2023 by Freddie Freeman and pitcher Art Herring. That was that deal. But let's get into the mustache. So uh, 1936 was Bordegaray's Third year in the majors, second with Brooklyn. This is from his New York Times obituary in 2000. Um, Quote, when he arrived at spring training in Daytona Beach, Florida in 1936, he stunned the baseball world by wearing a mustache and a goatee. The mustache was grown the previous winter for a bit part in the Hollywood movie The Prisoner of Shark Island. First of all, they name movies much better back than they do today. It was an account of uh, the jailing of Dr. Samuel Mudd for the complicity in the assassination of Lincoln. He's listed in the credits as Stanley Bordegray. Again, that's his given uh, name. Uh, but as an undetermined secondary role, which is kind of hilarious on, on IMDb. Um, the movie was about Dr. Samuel Mudd, who treated John Wilkes Booth after the assassination of Lincoln. Um this is from Justin Gilbert's Scene on Broadway column, and it's C S C E N E, which is a great title for a for a column. Uh, this is in the Bergen Record in New Jersey that April 1936. He watched the whole movie. Um, quote, together with a friend, parentheses, also a friend of Frenchie's, we attended the prisoner of Shark Island and watched every foot of the film closely. When we emerged from the picture house, we both agreed that Frenchie had not been in the picture. This week, however, the writer received a postcard marked Sebring, Florida. It bore the words, how did you like my movie appearance? And it was signed Frenchie. So we're convinced that a Brooklyn Dodger baseball player has discovered the perfect disguise, one you can't penetrate. (laughs) However, that was not Frenchie's only film. Um, From the Times Union in Brooklyn that March, 1936, uh, Bordegray said, I played in two movies last winter, Shark Island and Sutter's Gold. And my parts called for a mustache, so I raised one. I, I just want to point out the old news columns of the day. They spelled mustache, M-O-U-S-T-A-C-H-E, or that extra, the O, really adds to it, I think. <laughs> um, it's, you know, you, you know it's something you can twirl, basically, like if you have a mustache. Um, <laughs> more more Bordegray here. After the pictures were finished, I thought I'd wear it for a while. My wife said I look like a real Frenchman with a mustache, so I refused to shave it. Yes, I'll wear it around the league this year if Stengel has no objections. So, sadly, after a while, that Stengel is Dodgers manager Casey Stengel. He did, in fact, have objections. <laughs> Back to uh, Bordegray's uh, obituary in 2000 in the New York Times. Quote, I was making 3000 a year playing baseball, so I figured I could at least have fun while I was not getting rich. Uh, he once said, uh, but after I had it about two months, Casey called me into the clubhouse and said, if anyone, if anyone's going to be a clown on this club, it's going to be me. <laughs> so he made him shave it. Um, so all three of Bordegray's above average OPS plus seasons, they came with the Dodgers, uh, 36, 43, and 44. He, in 1943, he had a 120 OPS plus. That was his high. 
He hit 302, uh, 379, 384 that year. He batted 302 times. That was one of his three uh, 300 seasons, uh, 300 or better. He hit 315 in 1936 for Brooklyn. Uh, in his six years with the Dodgers, again, stretched over the two stints, he hit 286, 336, 379, 98 OPS plus. So basically a league average hitter. Overall, in his 11 seasons, uh, he had 14 home runs total and a 91 OPS plus. So not like the best hitter and certainly was not a power hitter. Um, now, the 42 Dodgers won 104 games in Border Gray's first year back with them, but they missed the World Series because the Cardinals won 106 games. However, he did play twice in the World Series, as I mentioned before, for the Reds in 1939 and for the Yankees in 1941. So that brings us back to the trivia question. Frenchie Border played in three World Series games, but he never batted. Four non-pitchers played in more than three games in the World Series without ever batting. Can you name them? No. All right, let me see if I can give you some hints here. No. Um, <laughs> okay, so one of them is in the in the two thousands. Uh, this this century, I mean, not not the yeah, and it, it, it's. Uh, I, I vaguely, it's not mm-hmm. gonna come to me. Not at this, not at this time of night. It's later. Okay, so I'll, <laughs> I will just tell you. So the, um, oh boy, of course my my browser has picked a time to crap out on me. The, Gary, I, say, I looked it up for you. No, that's okay. I I have I have the list. I just wanted to look up something on one of the specific players. Um, There's some. There are some names on this list. Not the not the four, although. Yeah. Uh, so Alan Lewis is someone who, um, he, he played in nine games. Now this is also back when, the A's had the, like they would have like pinch runners. Now uh-huh. he okay he he's ostensibly an outfielder, but his. <laughs> He's a he's listed so when baseball reference like at the top of the page it says position, he's listed as pinch runner and left fielder. He played in 156 games um, with the A's in six seasons and batted 31 times. <laughs> so he played in um, in nine uh, World Series games in 72 and 73 combined, um, all of them as a pinch runner. And let's see, he he was 0 for two in steals. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he scored four runs though. Um, so good for him. Uh, Onyx Concepcion, um, played in six world series games with all with the Royals, uh, 1980 and 1985, but never batted. Um, Andy Fox, uh, 96 had to be with the Yankees. Uh, pretty sure. Um, played in four games, didn't bat. And then the, the 2000s one is, uh, Guillermo Heredia. In 2021, poor, and... poor Terrence score. One yeah. game where uh, Chicago was forced to use him. <laughs> yeah, that he could have been because he he was supposed to. He's won what three rings, including with the Dodgers. Two, um, if we didn't count that one one game he played, one, oh, two, man. three, four, five, six. Well, and his whole career, he's been, barely. It would have been ten games. Oh uh, man! Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's just postseason. That's just postseason. I, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, World Series. It would have been much less than that. But still, yeah. Still, yeah. Um, 
so there's a bunch with three. Um, the most famous one on here, besides Frenchie Bordigray, obviously, um, is Herb Washington, who was another one of those A's pinch runners, like an, a former track star, and famously picked off by Mike Marshall um, in the 1974 World Series. Uh, though he he pinch ran in three games in that World Series. So yeah, that's uh, that's your trivia for today. Like I said, it was more of a fun fact than a trivia. So was it fun? For some of us. Uh, <laughs> so look back. Um, uh, Frenchie Bordigray got the name, nickname Frenchie from his mom. The family was of French descent. He was an All-American playing football at uh, Fresno State in 1930. He also ran track. Uh, he That's kind of weird, right? You're descended, oh, you have a French family, and you're I'm going to name my kid Frenchie. Are they all French? Aren't you I, all? <laughs> Yeah, I guess I didn't look. Because what does he just like? Was he an only child? That's a good question. Was his like, mom like the odd, like not friendly, and he, she just like harbored ill will? Yeah, I'm so mad we moved from the road. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that because I, I, it was more like a previous something. But yeah, you're right. Like it, it's like, um, you know, na- naming like your your sons like Aristotle and Pete, you know, or whatever like that, or whatever. Just weird. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Frenchie uh, was elected to the Fresno Athletic Hall of Fame in 1962. That was one of the first classes, if not the first there. Um, several sources mentioned that Bordigray's father wanted him to be a concert violinist. <laughs> Again, th- there's just layers to this guy. <laughs> um, the Dodgers traded Bordigray to the Cardinals in December 1936. So he's joining like the the last legs of the, the gas house gang in St. Louis. This is from a 1944 uh, UP story, um, you know, sort of catching up with him later. Frenchie settled for the washboard thumping role in Pepper Martin's musical Mudcats, the Cardinals gas house gang's misnamed orchestra. Uh, the Morning Call in New Jersey in 1938 mentioned that Bordigaray played the harmonica in that band. Um, <laughs> so now I guess... So I, I'm assuming there was a literal washboard he was thumping for some sort of drums, but so he's multi-instrument. But this is without even getting to the violin. But with the Dodgers in the 1940s, Bordigray did get to show off his violin skills. Um, from the LA Times in 1992, when they sort of caught up with him, uh, second baseman Eddie Bazinski was best known not as a hitter or fielder, but as a concert violinist. Another concert violinist on the Dodgers that year. He would bring his violin to the clubhouse and play long, mournful concertos as the team sank deeper and deeper into the standings. That's great. I think still going here uh, from the LA Times. Then one day we won, and when we ran back into the clubhouse, Frenchie Bordigray had taken the violin and was playing Turkey in the Straw, pitcher Clyde <laughs> King said. We all had a great time. Was, Bez- sure was Bazinski that- another former Dodger Rewind? I, I look back. I don't think so. And, I you thought know, we no, had another violinist. <laughs> Why is this being reading man, bells? <laughs> you know, he might be. I'll, I'll look this up. Uh, God, that's funny. You're right. That does ring a bell, and I cannot remember. Maybe they just had other violinists. Yeah. We're, we're, we're really missing out here. Uh, but uh, You know, I was surprised at that, though. We did not do a rewind on Johnny Frederick. Um, I could, at least I couldn't find it. Um, so, Bordigray played in the minors in 1940 uh, for the Yankees um, uh, in that the in between his World Series years. Uh, he played for the Kansas City Blues that year where he hit 358 with 39 doubles. He led that league with 214 hits. 
that year, uh, he had thir- hits in 13 consecutive bats, setting a league record. Just as a uh, reminder, the major league record is uh, hits in 12 straight at bats. So Frenchy Bordegray, he could hit a little. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the rest of his career. Yes, there's more uh, after the break. All right, so <laughs> many of the stories about Frenchy Bordegray seem apocryphal. Um, this is from 1944, a UP story by Oscar Fraley. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to read this whole thing. I, I clipped the entire or like a big section of it. But cocky and aggressive, despite his miniature size of five foot seven inches, uh, the confident Frenchie immediately challenged anybody in the Coast League to a foot race. Jess Hill, an Olympic dash man who had been up with the Yanks, accepted the offer and Frenchie made good on his promise. But that didn't satisfy Bordy, so at the 1932 State Fair, he offered to race a horse. They put him up against a pacer, not an Indiana pacer, mind you, Star Etawa, uh, uh, in a 100-yard dash. And when the horse won by a slightly larger nose, Frenchie charged that the horse was needled and demanded it given a saliva test. (laughs) (laughs) So already I love this guy. So... So then if you go, I saw another mention of this horse race. So the race with the horse was not as close as that article would suggest, even though that's a great story, so it should be. Um, this is from his Sabre bio. Uh, quote, Frenchie also gave new meaning to the term horse racing. Uh, that's fun. Uh, when he actually ran a 100-yard race against a horse named Edom Raw. So uh, we're just translating here, apparently. At the California State Fair in Sacramento. Bordegare ended up eating the horse's dust as the nag ran the distance in 8.75 seconds. Frenchie's time was not reported. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's even better. Um, So because of his like weird quirkiness and, you know, the mustache and all that kind of stuff, Bordegare had a lot of run-ins with Casey Stingle, who managed the Dodgers from 34 to 36. They were only together in the last two of those seasons. This is from the New York Times obit of Bordegare again, way in 2000. Uh, quote, when he was picked off of second base in a game with the Cubs, Stengel argued that with uh, the, with the umpire that Bordegray had been standing on the bag the whole time. But Bordegray told Stengel that he had been tapping the bag and been caught in between taps. <laughs> um, from his Sabre bio, uh, quote, during one exhibition game, Bordegray's hat fell off while chasing a fly ball. Frenchie, being Frenchie, stopped to retrieve the hat, then continued chasing the ball. Stengel stood in the dugout with his arms hanging and his mouth open. He couldn't believe what he was seeing, said former Dodger Buddy Hassett. Uh, when Frenchie got back to the dugout, Stengel asked him what he thought he was doing there. The cap wasn't going anywhere, Bordegare, said Stengel, but the ball was. I forgot, Frenchie said. <laughs> so we've got a lot of weird stuff. Um, this is another one from the uh, Baseball Reference Bullpen Wiki. Uh, quote, he once failed to slide into third base in a game against the rival New York Giants. Stengel fined him $50. The next day, Frenchie slid into every base after hitting a home run, earning him a $100 fine for showing up to Skipper. Once, Bordegare plunked Stengel with a throw during practice, knocking uh, knocking out the manager. Stengel said, I'll send Frenchie to Podunk tomorrow. Now, I, I will point out, I believe another point said the game where um, – Bordegray slid in uh, on a home run. Uh, I believe that was like the last day of the season. So like, you know, not that it's acceptable or whatever, but I, the circumstance there, just wanted to add that. But despite all those run-ins, uh, Bordegray had high praise for Stengel. This is from the Kansas City Star in 1958, um, noting as the Yankees were celebrating the World Series in 1941 at some restaurant, 
Um, Bordigare, who was on that team, went up to general manager George Weiss and manager Joe McCarthy, who are eating with Casey Stingle, uh, who was then Boston Braves manager eight years before he managed the Yankees. Quote, all of a sudden, I found myself running up to their table, shouting to McCarthy that the fella next to him, Stengel, was the best damn manager I ever played under. Casey would win the pennant 15 times if he, if he had the players you had. I just want to point out, McCarthy was his current manager, <laughs> who was sitting right there. And he's like, you know the guy you're sitting with? He's way better than you. And he's kind of right. Um, but no. Um so they re- the Yankees released him that winter, and that's when he re-signed with the Dodgers. It should be noted uh, that M- McCarthy in 1941 had managed 16 seasons to that point. It had won seven pennants, one with the Cubs, uh, six championships with the Yankees. Easily the most successful manager to date at that point. And here's Borgeray going, look at this, this guy's way better than you. Uh, so he McCarthy would win two more pennants in 42 and 43, including the championship in 43. So Stengel... Uh, by the time he got to the Yankees, he won 10 pennants in 12 years, including seven championships. So, But McCarthy's seven titles also came in a 12-year span, uh, 32 to 43, with eight pennants. So in AL-NL history, McCarthy's 615 winning percentage over 24 years with the Cubs, Yankees, and Red Sox is second all-time. You know who's first? Dave Roberts. Uh, <laughs> six, 630 winning percentage in eight years with the Dodgers. So that that's fun. Um so wild stories were sort of part of the charm with Bordigray, who told the LA Times in 1992, I always gave them a story. I told the sports writers, as long as you spell my name right, you can say anything you want about me. Now, uh, he didn't make the Dodgers in uh, 1946, uh, which would have, had he played in at least one game that year, he would have qualified for the pension, which I believe started that year. It started the next year, but you had to play in like 1946 to qualify for it. So... But instead, he was asked to manage the th- uh, Three Rivers in Quebec in the Canadian-American League, but also played outfield for them. That year, the Dodgers not only signed Jackie Robinson to play in Montreal the year before he debuted in Brooklyn, but also Don Newcomb and Roy Campanella were signed to play in Nashua, where they were managed by Walt Alston. So the three other black players played in Three Rivers for Bordigaray, uh, or two others, excuse me, uh, pitchers Johnny Wright and Roy Partlow, Wright was 32, Partlow 29, older than the other black players the Dodgers signed that year. They would all become stars, but neither Wright nor Partlow made the majors, uh, at least in the National League and American League sense. Um, Bordigaray to the Fresno Bee in 1986. Uh, we had a couple of guys from the South who wanted to start something. I told them, if you want to stay on this ball club, keep your damn mouth shut. I didn't want to upset the black guys. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't have won. Three Rivers that year finished first and won the league championship. Uh, Montreal and Nashville also won their league titles. The Dodgers were sort of stockpiling t- talent. Um, and, you know, it sort of paid off because they, they were about to take off at the major league level too. Um, Bordigray was 36 that year. He hit 363, 457, 513 with 27 doubles and 20 steals as a player in his first year as manager. So... In 1947, he managed Greenville in the South Atlantic League, but he also played the outfield. But on July 15, 1947, the same day he was presented his MVP award for the previous season. Now, I was looking this up. I thought that seemed like a very late date to like announce an MVP award for the previous year, but I think that was just when they gave him the trophy. Like it was, mm-hmm. they knew about it before. But on that day, July 15th, uh, Bordigare punched and spat on umpire Dallas Blackiston. So not the best, not the best way to go out. Um, 
Bordegray was playing left field and after a catch appeared to double off someone at first base in Augusta, but the runner was ruled safe. Bordegray ran in from left field to argue and went nuts. He got suspended for 60 games. Uh, from a statement from Sally League President Earl Blue, quote, he had, forci- he had to be forcibly ejected from the field by Augusta police, but not, however, before he struck and, according to the umpire's report to me, spit on the umpire, end quote. Greenville team president tried to appeal the suspension, but was denied. Uh, the league president, Earl Blue, said, Bordegray admitted to him that he spit on the umpire, and he said, I consider the matter closed. So he never he never managed again. Um, so Bordegray's, like, post-baseball activities included, um, <laughs> this is one of those would have been great on a, on the back of a baseball card. He developed several cemeteries. <laughs> he, he owned a restaurant and club in Kansas City and St. Louis. He worked for the city of Ventura in the Parks and Recreation Department. He was elected to the Ventura County Sports Hall of Fame in 1986. He lived a full life, um, lasting until he was 90 years old. When he died in 2010, he was survived by his wife, Victoria, four kids, seven grandkids, and six great-grandchildren. Um, that is our look back at Frenchie Bordegray. This is one of those great ones where knew really hardly anything about him going in and just every little thing. I was like, wait a minute, this happened? This happened? Oh, my God, this is great. So what do you think? This was a good one, I think. I, it was. I, I will note uh, we did rewind uh, Eddie Vizinski. This was when yeah. they were joined. Uh, so we would do a normal episode and end or have oh, a yeah. rewind in the middle or end with it. So. Uh, yeah. There you go. We did it when he passed away a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was near the start of uh, actually the first episode of 2022. Oh man, good lord! Um, we've been doing this while. Um, yeah, that's our look back at Frenchie Bordegray. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening to the Three Inning Save podcast. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm Eric. Or, yeah, what? I'm Eric Birch. What? <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm Eric. Steve. That's right. I'm Eric Steve, and that's Jacob Birch. We're produced by. Brian Salvatore on the ones and twos. We'll be back with you uh, with our regular episode in a few days. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) 